Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Charlie. I'm your host, Charlie Meacham. I want to help you communicate more effectively, and I believe the use of anecdotes can get you there. Explore this with me as I share anecdotes from my book, Total Anecdotal, and ask guests to react in relation to their own experiences and careers. Pete Blackshaw is the newly appointed CEO of Centrifuge, and he's headquartered in Cincinnati, Ohio. Centrifuge is a fund of funds and startup incubator created by Procter & Gamble, Kroger, Western Southern, and other major entities in the greater Cincinnati region. The fund primarily invests in venture capital funds outside the region in order to strengthen local deal flow and access to startup innovation. Prior to joining Centrifuge, he was the global head of digital marketing and social media for Nestle, the international giant, based in Switzerland. He is an alumni of Procter & Gamble and is one of the brightest, most impressive young men I've had the privilege to meet. Now on to my discussion with Pete. The first uh, anecdote that I want to get your reaction to is on page 26 of my book. And it goes like this. It's a quotation from Machiavelli. He reportedly said, there is nothing more difficult to take in hand, more perilous to conduct, or more uncertain in its success than to take the lead in the, in the introduction of a new order of things. I'm sure you have some comments on that. Yeah, absolutely. This is one I probably uh, connect to the most, having been a digital internet um, future of advertising pioneer. There's so much uncertainty. There's waves of hype. Um, there's, you know, and uh, this is this is this is you know, and then it's, and it's kind of lonely. It's sometimes scary. Um, you know, pushing the frontier. And so I think Machiavelli was absolutely spot on. And it almost feels tailor-made for the digital economy leaders. The key thing is that you just have to have the courage and the tenacity and a bit of a, you know, intestinal fortitude for failure to, you know, push forward. And, um, you know, again, it can get very, very lonely if you're kind of on the bleeding edge of these things. But I think it's very, very good uh, counsel. We are... I think more broadly, beyond my experience, we are entering a true world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and leaders need to be very comfortable stepping into that. And this is a great way of bringing uh, a measure of comfort or reassurance that um, folks have been thinking about this principle for quite some time. Right. Well, it as someone said, the only thing you can count on in this world is change. And if you can't handle change, you better find another occupation. Absolutely. The uh, second anecdote is on page 33 of the book. It goes like this. It's a Mark Twain quote. And obviously, there aren't many Mark Twain quotes that aren't funny and accurate. He said, it ain't what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so. <laughs> this is such a this one is such a great warning shot around hubris and overconfidence 
And we see this all the time with leaders. You know, it's important to kind of know where you're going, but you need to be very, very flexible in how to get there. And, you know, anyone who's too overconfident, you know, they're just asking for trouble. And again, going back to what I said earlier, if you are trying to chart the future in this highly unpredictable, ambiguous world, um, you know, you're, you're in for a kind of a big disappointment. So I think for me, this is a real important, um, you know, this is an important message for leadership with humility. I agree. And I've, I've learned over the years um, to always ask yourself, do you really know enough about this subject? And if you don't, you better do some homework. Absolutely. Uh, the next anecdote is on page 68. Uh, it goes like this. A man prayed and asked God to help him win the lottery. Every day he renewed his prayer, and finally he said, God, won't you please help me win the lottery? Well, to his absolute amazement, the skies darkened, the lights flashed, and a strong, deep voice said, Would you at least buy a ticket? <laughs> and I've always loved that because hard work, I have always felt, is at the absolute bedrock of any success. I love this one. I've actually used this a few times since I've uh, read the book. But again, yeah, beware of a sense of entitlement. You got to put skin in the game. Um, you know, you have to co-invest. And, you know, this is a really important, you know, though, would you at least buy a ticket? You know, think of how many people that don't take that first initial step or forget that they even have an obligation to do that to kind of get from A to B. So this one I absolutely uh, love and and it's one that I uh, will constantly remind myself of as well. But um, but I probably see this more in other people as well. Even my kids, there's probably a bit of a, uh, a good, uh, some teachable moments here. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, particularly young young kids, yeah, by young I mean their early teens, tend to think that uh, if you're going to get, get a good education, have had a good family background, that, that everything just happens from then on. And we both know that is unfortunately not the case. That's right. Hard work. Here's the next one. This is one of my, my favorites. It's on page 75 of the book. The president of a dog food company was addressing the annual sales meeting of his company, and he was not happy. Sales were poor, and he was giving the group a stern lecture. And he said, I just don't understand it. We have the finest product in the business, our packaging and marketing are second to none, yet sales are terrible. You guys must not be doing your job. Tell me what's wrong. Well, there were several seconds of silence because nobody really wants to challenge the boss. Finally, one guy in the back of the room raised his hand and the president said, okay, so you think you know what's wrong? Then tell me. The fellow in a sort, sort of a frightened voice said, Sir, the problem is that the dogs don't like it. So. I love it. I really relate to this one as a, as a marketer, as a consumer. And, you know, and it, and it relates to the, uh, a couple of the other ones as well about, you know, hubris and working off of the wrong assumptions. At the end of the day, um, we have to be, you know, put the consumer's opinion, their experience with the product at the center of the business universe. And too many managers, uh, they put their own data or their own spin or their own interpretation or their own preferences in front of 
uh, consumer common sense. And I think this is absolutely spot on. And we even see it a lot on the internet too, where, um, you know, products that on the surface look like they're poised to do well with consumers completely flop. And that's because uh, the marketer has missed some obvious consumer truth. Very well said. And I quite agree. The uh, next selection is on page 109 of the book. I've, I've been a devoted fan of a comedian named Stephen Wright for years. I laugh harder at his lines probably than any others. And I hope he won't mind if I quote a couple of them. It has to do with statistics. He says, first, 42.7% of all statistics are made up on the spot. 99.9% of lawyers give the rest a bad, a bad name. And this is my all-time favorite. Do you realize that half your friends are below average. <laughs> so what, what about statistics? <laughs> I, love, I love this one. I'm gonna, I haven't used it yet, but I plan on using this many times. And it reminds me that there's three kind of lies, lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yes. Um, yeah, and you know, the reality is that, yeah, people will say, you know, give precise numbers with confidence, but it makes no sense whatsoever. And, um, yeah, and it's a good warning shot that, you know, data, as much as we're worshiping data today, it can be manipulated all the time. And you just got to you got to be on guard. You got to be three steps ahead. And this is just a great illustration with a lot of humor. I would add. Yeah, I he is so funny. He's, he's the one that said. Uh, what was it? Oh, what is the speed of dark? <laughs> that was also one of my favorites over the years. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, the the final anecdote, and this is uh, this is uh, a sobering one, and a, I think a thoughtful one. I ran across a quote that fits perfectly. I think it. The sad part is that I have no idea who said it. If I did, I'd certainly want to give appropriate credit. But it goes like this: In life, you will realize there's a role for everyone you meet. Some will test you, some will use you, some will love you, and some will teach you. But the ones who are truly important are the ones who bring out the best in you. They are the rare and amazing people who remind you why it's worth it. I've, I've certainly had people like that in my life, and I'm sure you have too, Pete, but your thoughts on that? Yeah, this one's absolutely spot on, and this is not just an anecdote, this is a a management philosophy and one that I um, have been a beneficiary of when I think about the, the leaders that have found um, strengths and skills and maybe even a blend of magic and what they've seen in me that I never identified. And they really um, helped you kind of stretch your full possibilities. And, and it's something that almost is a bit of a flywheel because, you know, you want to take that same, ability to kind of spot talent, um, especially in people that may be very modest or humble about their skills and to bring it out. And, you know, this is, I've had several meetings since I've got to, in my new role, and this, these are the discussions I'm having, like, what can I do to bring out the best? Or, hey, I see a capability that you don't really talk about, but I think it's something that can really kind of take this business to the next level. And I think that is the ultimate skill in management. Like, how do we um, help create that exponential value in people. People are always shy about what they know or don't know. And 
sometimes it takes a third party to kind of zero in and see it. You know, I nurture it. You're, you're right. I've learned over the years that delegation of authority is a one of the hardest things any manager has to learn, but B, perhaps the most important. And I've also learned that nothing makes you feel better than to see somebody that you have delegated responsibility for uh, and two to perform maybe even better than you did. And that's not easy to acknowledge, but I've, I've, one of my, I think this is original with me, but I define maturity as the time when you realize that somebody else can do better what you do best. And when you can come to that point, you've grown up. <laughs> you can. And you know, and you know what's interesting, Charlie, this one nicely dovetails with your first one because yeah. the great managers are the ones that really encourage you and give you confidence to walk through the fire or to go through the uncertain, ambiguous window, knowing that if you, you know, when, when you get through, you're going to be stronger, you're going to be more confident. Um, and that's where coaching plays such a critical role. And as I look back on my career, so many instances where um, even, you know, going to business school and having a boss who just, you know, insisted that I reach for the top school and I'm like, you're crazy, but they just, they, you know, they, they help you see skills that you um, don't believe that you have or help you go down a path that looks scary, but really isn't once you kind of try it. And yeah, but, and then uh, as I'm sure you know as well, this is also the most satisfying part. Oh, of absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one, one final line, uh, obviously you've read the book, which pleases me a lot. And I hope, I hope Love you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Love the book. It's really, and it's so, it's, it's what, it's a great management um, compass. And listen, I think, you know, the use of humor, use of storytelling is a severely under-leveraged skill as we've let kind of um, management theory and practice kind of almost move into hard science. I think we sometimes forget the, um, the softer, more empathetic, you know, high emotional quotient right. skills that can really move the needle. And so it's a balancing act. And I believe this book makes a very, very positive contribution. I actually feel like I know you a lot better. I feel like I've now kind of figured out some of your secret sauce. <laughs> well, at my age, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it away now. Not charging. I want to see, see 2.0, though. I know you have more. I know there's more. Absolutely. Well, Pete, uh, first of all, congratulations. Since Cincinnati and Centrifuge are are very fortunate to have you. It's a Thank challenging you. job, but God, it's exciting, I think. And I know you're uh, jumping right into it. So happy holidays to you. Uh, thank you so much for helping us out here and we'll be in touch. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for joining me for today's conversation. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, please visit Charlie Meacham m-e-c-h-e-m dot com or search for 15 minutes with charlie in your podcasting app if you're enjoying the show you should check out my book total anecdotal a fun guide to help you become a better communicator learn more at charlie dot com 
forward slash book. 